0: My question is, is when is Adventures in Angular and Angular Air going to do a crossover show?
1: Oh, dude, we totally should. Like a uh, old school cartoon style.
0: <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Hired.com. Every week on Hired, they run an auction where over a thousand tech companies in San Francisco, New York, and LA bid on JavaScript developers, providing them with salary and equity up front. The average JavaScript developer gets an average of five to 15 introductory offers and an average salary offer of $130,000 a year. Users can either accept an offer and go right into interviewing with the company or deny them without any continuing obligations. It's totally free for users and when you're hired, they also give you a $1,000 bonus as a thank you for using them. But if you use the JavaScript link, you'll get a $2,000 bonus instead. Finally, if you're not looking for a job but know someone who is, you can refer them to Hired and get a $1,337 bonus if they accept a job. Go sign up at Hired.com slash Adventures in Angular. To get started, first off, I just want to welcome everybody to Angular Remote Comp. It's not as large as it was last year, but I think it's going to be just as good. We have some excellent speakers, and I'm really looking forward to a lot of the things that are uh, going to come up. Uh, throughout this week, we have one sponsor for this conference, and that is Hired.com. And you can check them out at Hired.com. Um, just tell them that you heard about it at Angular Remote Comp. Uh, basically, the idea is is that you get um, companies that uh, apply to have you come interview with them instead of the other way around. So anyway, should be fun and it should be interesting. And they're at Hired.com. Our first speaker is Jeff Welpley. His talk is Life Lessons from Angular Air, and Jeff is the CTO at GetHuman, host of Angular Air, and co-organizer of the Boston Angular Meetup, and a Google developer expert specializing in, of course, Angular. He is also an avid Red Sox and a Star Wars fan. Nobody's perfect, right? <laughs> My dad's a huge Yankees fan. Anyway, I'll let you go ahead and take it from here. Thank you,
1: Chuck. I really appreciate the intro. You know, this is actually the second year in a row that I'm leading off Angular Remote Conf. and uh, it's actually a funny story because this year they asked me, um, you know, to speak and gave me um, a link to sign up and that type of thing, and said that you can kind of pick your spot. And when I open it up, I Clearly saw this uh, first spot was open, which to me was sort of this indication that they were subtly telling me, Jeff, will you please be the keynote speaker? That's that's sort of the way that I interpret this. Uh, So yes, I will, and uh, I am very honored to be the opening keynote speaker for Angular Remote Conf. Uh, This is also a very special day for Angular, by the way. Uh, You know, we're starting off here talking about some life lessons from Angular Air. But um, throughout the day, there's going to be some great talks that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, and tonight, I'm also looking forward to seeing the live stream from Mountain View, uh, the meetup tonight uh, from the Angular headquarters. So in all, for all intents and purposes, this is Angular Day, and this is kicking it off. So welcome. Let's get down to it. So. I'm the host of Angular Air, which I hope that everybody listening has seen or watched either on the video feed or through the podcast. And I've been the host for about a little over a year, but it was actually started two years ago by Kent Centipede Dodds. Obviously, there are many podcasts around, including Chuck's podcast, uh, which I think Kent saw and wanted to do something similar. And... He did a great job setting up Angular Air to be successful, you know, bringing on really high quality guests. And the sort of house that Kent built has grown quite a bit. You know, first episode back in October 2014, right around when Angular 2 beta was announced actually. And since then there's been um, over 82 episodes, sort of ambiguous there because there's a couple episodes that uh, either got lost or uh, various issues happened. So uh, somewhere around 82, you know, a lot of YouTube views, podcasts, uh, downloads. So we have, you know, sizable audience and, you know, it's been extremely fun to work within the community and talk to a lot of the people. And really there's so many great people within the Angular community. I, I, I hope that a lot of the people listening to this do see that there's so many talented, smart, just kind-hearted people within the community and it's really been a joy to kind of get to know a lot of these people. And we're gonna to today go over some of the biggest lessons that I've learned from these people. I you know in, in kind of building this deck and, and thinking about this presentation, I realized that I, I could could have created a two-hour presentation because there's so many amazing you know stories lessons everything that you know I've learned and everybody you know, on the panel has learned and everybody listening has learned you know over the years But I tried to focus it on you know about 10 10 or 11 uh, specific things that you know were somewhat technical but also apply to your you know life in general and you know really your career as a software developer uh, especially you know with angular so ahead of time apologize if Uh, There's anybody who's we don't kind of focus on here, you know, really everybody who's been on the show has been, you know, super valuable. Um, But maybe I'll have a second version, you know, (laughs) in a little while with, uh, you know, all the other stuff that I leave out. All right. So first, Ben Lesh. Ben, if you don't know, is a software developer at Netflix. He is the lead maintainer of RxJS. And we've had Ben on the show a couple of times to talk about RxJS, and I guess the biggest thing that I've learned from Ben, you know, or more most valuable at least to me, is that you know he is a deep expert in a specific technology, you know, reactive programming and RxJS, and specifically, he ha- he has conviction about everything that he works on, and he has very strong opinions, but. The key thing with Ben is that he's not religious about it. And, and I, and I find that really unique with the type of um, experts like Ben where he can have such strong opinions and be able to very definitively explain his position, but at the same time, not be so overboard about it that you shut everybody else out. And in kind of talking to Ben, especially the last time that he was on the show, you know, really made me think about that. You know, how many people, how many of us really hone in on some particular technical decision or some opinion, and we just hold on to it so tight that we just block everybody else out and we don't listen. You know, if you, if you really hear Ben talk, both in his conference talks, you know, on Twitter and everything, you'll see that people bring up questions to him, bring up other points, and he never dismisses them. He always says, you know, that is a good point. And he brings up, you know, maybe counterpoints or sometimes he admits, sometimes he's like, you're absolutely right. You know, like, like this is not the best fit for RxJS or your use case is different. You know, he's very open about that. And it's super refreshing. I I think it's rare what he is able to accomplish. All right. Gleb. Gleb is my buddy. Uh, he, He lives in Boston here with me in the United States. And He is amazing, Uh, works at Kensho for his day job. But as many of you know, who have seen or worked with Gleb in any fashion online, he has a number of different open source projects, you know, avid blogger, just really involved in the community, has spoken at a number of different conferences and is involved in many different areas of, you know, from testing to performance. The last time we had, well, one of the first times actually we had him on was to talk about performance. And I could actually, with Gleb, I, I could talk about a million different things that I've learned from him. But there's, you know, one particular thing that I, I always kind of go back to that, you know, he is so good at optimizing for web performance. Has so many great tips. Definitely listen to that episode twenty seven, just for a wide variety of specific web application you know uh, optimization and performance tips. But I think the thing that uh, was greatest about talking to him in that particular episode was sort of his philosophical approach to performance. you know to not prematurely optimize, to think about just getting code out the door, more focus on user behavior and, and get the app right from the user's point of view, and then go back. And once, once you have performance problems, don't do these micro optimizations, like forget about that. Just do a top-down analysis of what's wrong and kind of drill into it. And it was funny, you know, he actually went through a specific example and it's, it's just so interesting to see how, you know, I think it's natural inclination most people is to over optimize at that kind of micro benchmark level. You think that everything is, is going to be performance, um, your thing is going to be fast just by, uh, you know, some you know algorithm that you use, the way that you, I don't know, letter instead of var or whatever it happens to be, which most of the time doesn't help with anything. But if you take kind of this approach where it's top down, just get it working, and then focus on performance, it ultimately leads to a lot better outcome in the end. And you know, one interesting kind of result of Gleb's approach he's sort of taken it to the extreme where, you know, there's so many people, especially recently, have maybe knocked on Angular 1 for not being performant. That's like a thing you hear, right, that Angular 1 is slow. And Gleb always gets kind of annoyed when he hears that because every single thing he's worked on in Angular 1 has been fast. It, it, it doesn't matter what example. He actually took from ngconf. uh year and a half, not this past, the one before where uh, Dave Smith gave a presentation talking about the difference between Angular 1, Angular 2 and React in rendering this like huge web app. And it showed like Angular 1 performance was just like awful. Gleb wrote this big blog post afterwards like, no, I don't think you're doing this right. And he basically broke it down and built in Angular 1 an app that was uh, at par performance with React and Angular, uh, close to Angular 2. i mean, maybe like a little bit uh, off, but pretty close. So uh, definitely, don't prematurely optimize. Go from the top down. All right, Aaron Frost, uh, huge in the community. You runs ngconf, um, is a software developer at Domo, and has done you know a number of great talks you know over the years. The thing that really stuck out for me that we talked about in the last time he was on the, on Angular Air when he was talking about uh, the Angular community, actually. Is, touches on a talk that he did when he keynoted the NGNL conference in Amsterdam. And he talked about building bridges, how important it is when you are working in the open source community, working with you know, other developers, other Angular developers, uh, but just actually even more so than that, just in, in general, as a software developer, how important it is to build bridges for other people, which means helping others out. You know, Once you've conquered something, you you've figured out how to do something, you know, crazy. You you've crossed that chasm, that deep ravine and, and gotten past all of those difficulties. It's super important that you look back and help others along the way. Like that's that's how we get grow as a community. That's how we bind together. And that, that that sort of has struck a chord with me and has always has me thinking, you know, when I whatever I accomplish you know, sort of feeding that back into the system. So, you know, even if it's not speaking at conferences or whatever, um, get in the habit of, you know, posting, you know, your, your solution on GitHub or even helping people on some of the, you know, Slack or other Gitter or whatever uh, channel forms, you know, once, once you've kind of resolved something, you know, any little bit helps. Um, or, you know, just even within your own company, you know, reach out to the junior developers, the other people who aren't where you at the level you've been able to achieve and help them along. Because ultimately, when everybody gets in that mindset, you know, you benefit as well, because other people are doing that to help you along. And I know for me personally, I've had a lot of other bridge builders like Aaron reach back to help me. So I try to do the same. All right. Uh, Shy, you know, founder of Consulting company, uh, HiRes.io. Uh, also, general funny guy. We had him on a couple months ago to talk about the behind the scenes for his NG show presentation at NGConf. You know, the, the, we talked about all sorts of interesting aspects of it, including the fact that uh, <laughs> I don't think he actually finished it until like hours before he went on, which that was a whole interesting story. You should definitely listen to, but. You know, one of the um, things that really struck a chord with me that, uh, you know, I still think about uh, to this day is is how we talked about how important it is to, you know, build your own confidence and not be afraid of showing your personality in the things you do, in the interactions you have with the community, especially, you know, if you're giving a talk or that type of thing. Uh, You know, he he, he sort of alluded to one thing that I, I sort of had some background information on before, uh, you know, at Angular Connect last year, um, you know, I, I thought Shai gave, you know, a great presentation um, there, uh, something he did with Lucas, but I think Shai was a little bit disappointed afterwards and uh, he was kind of down that, you know, maybe he didn't get as great of a reaction as he did, you know, at ng Conf, you know, earlier that year. And it's hard sometimes for us when when we do get down, just in general, like, you know, there's going to be disappointments in all of our lives, like in, in, as software developers, we run into valleys and it's highs and lows, right. And we just have to learn how to get past, you know, any of those, whether it's perceived or not, you know, those, those lows and just kind of keep barreling ahead, you know, in, in doing ng show, which honestly was hilarious and, and went over extremely well um, you know, shy didn't hold back, like, you know, regardless of what he, uh, you know, may have felt before of of anything in the past, you know, he just put all of himself into it, like full tilt. And that's like super admirable. And, you know, we talked about how with talks that I've done that sometimes I've actually cut out some jokes and, and some like stuff that really is like my personality out of the talk, just to like, because I was, I was afraid it just wouldn't go over, and he was like, you know, why would you do that? Just do it. You know, sometimes it won't go over; sometimes it will. Just um, if you feel good about that, if that's you, um, you are assuming that it's, <laughs> it's not, uh, you know, offensive. Like it is, like actually something that that is good for the community. Um, you should do it. So I, I thought that was really good advice. Uh, and then Joe, you know, another uh, member of. The Angular podcast with Chuck, as well as JavaScript Jabber, as well as Flora the Site Author, runs NGConf, does so many things within the community, and has been on the show you know a number of times. The time he came on uh, earlier this year uh, to talk about empathy actually was one of my favorites though, because we got into how it's so important to ha- create deep and meaningful connections with other people, especially the people that you work with. And I think I, even despite me speaking here today and some of the stuff that I've done, uh, I really am, am an introvert as, at heart. Like I feel most at ease when I am just like by myself coding away for like 14 hours straight. You know, like I, I, I love that and I, it, that refreshes me. Right. Um, but it's important regardless of how introverted you are or what your kind of um, own personality is it is important to create these connections with other people. It does make us better for a number of different reasons, because ultimately we have to work in teams. We have to work with other people. We have to understand what they like and dislike, what they, um, how they react to some of the stuff that that we're doing. And it does feedback to help us um, better as as developers. You know, know for just, uh, there's many aspects of this that we kind of went into in the show, you know, from, the aspect of you understanding your end user for the product you're building, it's important. For you working with the other developers on that project, it's important so you don't uh, rip each other's heads off. But also that you are able to kind of establish a rapport that you, you, become, uh, you work off each other's strengths uh, instead of just working kind of in this siloed fashion and, and sometimes leading to kind of conflicts that really slow everybody down. So I definitely, this is like a soft skills type of um, discussion that like uh, in this particular show, but I would definitely recommend it for anyone to kind of get a feel for, you know, if, if there's any question whatsoever of how actually understanding other people can help you as, as a developer in your career. Yuri is awesome. Yuri Goldstein. He is involved in so many different things. Originally, the, the creator of the Angular Meteor library, that is the integration between Angular One and the Meteor library for a, a back end of Meteor, front end of Angular One, sort of replacing. If anyone knows Meteor, um, you know the original they had uh, a front end templating language and it can be replaced by Angular or React or whatever else. So Yuri focused on the Angular version of that, and also you know for Angular two as well. But more recently, he's been focusing on GraphQL and Apollo. Um, so a lot of great work there. But actually, the thing that I wanted to bring up with Yuri is doesn't isn't involved with any of that. Like I th- I think he's super smart. I think the stuff that he does is is great. Um, but actually, the the thing that is most interesting to me about Yuri is just like his passion and like how he literally can can make anything seem really sound, really exciting and interesting. Like I find myself when you, you know you listen to Yuri's talks. Um, I've had him at my meetup a number of different times. You know, sometimes I, I he's speaking at such level, like technical level, that I I actually don't understand who he's talking about, but it just sounds like super exciting and like I, I get fired up. And like, in a way, that's, you know, what kind of value is in, in that? But but actually, if you really think about it, that is like a super valuable skill to be able to develop, like if you can. You know, in other words, like just being able to inspire other people, like it, it's sort of this like subtle skill that, you know, I it seems easy, but it's actually pretty hard. Not many people have it. Yuri definitely has it. And it's worthwhile to kind of take notice of people like that. Like when you are inspired, think about sometimes, you know, the, the, the reason or the, the the person that's kind of instilling that and think about like why, like what, what, what actually are they doing? You know, it, it'll help you if you are interested in being a leader in, in doing some of that type of stuff. Although it, it comes naturally to some people, it can be learned. It can be something that you can kind of develop over time. And uh, it can be something that is, you know, really powerful. So we've had uh, Wesley Cho and Jesus Rodriguez on the show uh, a couple different times to talk about open source software. They are the creators, uh, actually, I guess technically just uh, core maintainers of ng-bootstrap, you know, using the Twitter bootstrap library with Angular, both, you know, previously with Angular 1 and now with Angular 2. And... During these shows, we talked about what it takes to get into open source, why you should why you should do open source, and that type of thing. And one of the interesting things that we talked about there was how, the obligation of people of companies to contribute back. You know, I, I, all of us use open source. I, I mean, if you are listening to this podcast, I, I would think that you all use open source at some level, you know, that you use Angular, you use all these other, you know, node libraries, you know, everything else that's out there. And the thing is that that doesn't come from nowhere. Like, that, it doesn't just magically appear out of nowhere. There's, there's people that are working hard on it, and, and they're not getting paid. Like, Wesley and, and Jesus have day jobs, but they are huge contributors to the community because they really believe in giving back. They believe that it's important. And, and part of this is like a build, bridge building thing, like I mentioned, um, but, but also part of it is that you're using this particular library at work, let's say. It's important that your business is really encouraging and, and wants you to contribute back and tries to help that because ultimately that's how all of this ecosystem thrives, that the support comes from the companies where people, there is actually money, where there isn't an open source necessarily. And the, the companies actually get something back because they get to influence a library that is part of their uh, critical system. They get to, uh, you know, almost as a you know, recruiting tool that when people do it right, that, that the people that are a part of that project see that they're big contributors. Like Like Netflix is like a great example of this. They are huge open-source contributors. Like They really believe in the community, make a big effort out of it. And frankly, developers see that. Developers see how integrated they are. And I, at least you know, my anecdotal feel from talking to other developers is that builds up their cred, that inspires de- developers to want to work there. Um, so there's a lot of benefits that come from it. And I, I do think that a lot of businesses... Um, don't necessarily see that. But I would encourage all of you to not only yourselves, you know, contribute to open source, get back, back, but also um, encourage the place you work to be more involved. Uh, And the one last thing thing with this is, uh, I I did, um, I've talked about in previous shows, sort of when you talk about individuals contributing, like everybody listening to this, it doesn't have to be that you are doing this complex code change, right? There are many different levels of contribution, first of which being just talking to other um, community members and helping them out. So just be on Gitter, be on IRC, be on Slack, see what the problems are people having and try to just help them. Like it doesn't have to be a code contribution, something giving back to uh, open source in that way. Of course, if you can take that next level up and you can submit, in issue on GitHub, that helps. If you can go even further and submit a PR for a change, that helps even more. If you can go even further and actually try to become a regular core contributor, that's like the best. So um, definitely encourage everybody to be more involved. Brad. So Brad Green is the head of the Angular project, really. I mean, the product lead, he runs a, de- a couple different teams within Google. Been on the show you know, a number of different times. And Brad is seriously one of my heroes. I mean, a, a, lot, of, a lot of people are in this deck, um, but just in terms of, like, the complete package of, of what he does. And in particular, I think there's something that is probably people don't appreciate him enough for, which is that really Angular would not be what it is today, likely he would not even be around if it wasn't for him, if it wasn't specifically for his ability to work within the Google kind of structure, the political structure, and create space for Angular. Like he really is, the thing I've learned from him is how, although like politics within companies is often seen as a bad thing and your ability to kind of play politics. You know, that that's always like bad connotations or whatever. But Brad proves that when you use that type of, those types of skills for good, for the good of the community, it can be like a beautiful thing. You know, specifically, you know, they created Angular as, uh, for those of the people that, that don't know, you know, it was created by Mishko on one particular project just to help um, designers out and, you know, pretty quickly people outside of, inside Google and outside Google start to like attach themselves to it, you know, and, and really found that it was useful and, and it grew just on its own. So like that was kind of totally on its own. But the key part where Brad came in was in finding a way, like, I mean, it's just amazing when you think about it, sort of like working the system within Google to find a way to that internal teams started using it. That was key. And and really when you think about support for Angular and, and the reason why there's such a huge team working on it right now, it's because there's so many teams within Google that's you that is using Angular for different projects. And that is a result of the work that Brad's been doing to, um, get teams like initially some of the teams that he was working on, uh, he was, he was managing already and then kind of like spread out from there. Um, so I, I respect that so much. And there's, there's so many things that probably, um, you know, if you are, uh, you know, interested in, you know, managing and, and kind of leadership type, type roles, uh, really, it, it would be worth your while the next time you're at a conference or, or see Brad in person to try to kind of like ask him some about that. And uh, he just has an endless wealth of information. So love Brad. And also uh, on the Google core team, Angular core team, rather, is Igor, the guy on the right. If, if you guys you know, should know, Igor, the tech lead for the Angular project. And Igor is uh, amazing as well. Like he has a very specific philosophy just about life, like which, you know, people talk about, um, just killing people's kindness, reaching out to others, you know, uh, this sort of altruistic mentality, but nobody lives it like Igor, like seriously, nobody. The, the, this particular picture, uh, really is, there's a story behind it because, uh, Daniel Steigart, who's the guy on the left, is a software developer at GDE, but he wrote a couple years ago this scathing blog post about Angular. It, it like hit the number one on Hacker News, just like ripping um, Angular to shreds, and you know was was super popular and all sorts of flame wars on Twitter that resulted, etc. And because Daniels at GDE, you know, about a month after that came out, he was in Mountain View at the GDE Summit where he ran into Igor. Now, if, I mean, the times that I've been in these types of situations where somebody like uh, insulted my baby, like, and you know, really went too far. And a lot of people felt that a lot of people in the community were mad at this guy. Um, but Igor wasn't, you know, he, he just sat there. He wanted to talk to him, He sat down with him and he didn't yell at him or like, he wasn't angry at all. Like I, it wasn't even like he was trying to fake. Like, I think this is like truly like Igor's just like, um, mentality. Like he just asked him questions, like really tried to understand Daniel, uh, talk, explain some of like his points of view, like the current state of things, what they're working on, et cetera. And by the end of it, like, they were like legit friends. Like uh, Daniel talked about it. Igor talked about it afterwards. Um, they, you know, hugged, made up. And to this day, although Daniel still rips on Angular, <laughs> uh, if you notice, he will always admit that the core team is talented. They have some great ideas. Um, but then he adds in there, but still Angular sucks. But but at least he, <laughs> at least it, it was something that, uh, you know, that sort of mindset of reaching out instead of pushing away, it does have a big impact, even to the people that are seemingly so entranced in their position. Um, so we had Victor, who and and Dan on the show, both of whom are like brilliant. They are huge thought leaders in the community. Um, so smart, like so much of what they think and, and the stuff they produce we are all benefiting from, uh, in fact, I, I would go as far as to say, like, uh, between Victor and Tobias, like they are like, uh, the guys that crank through some of the most complicated parts of Angular core um, today, Angular 2 core. Um, so we had, when we had them on the show, we were talking about uh, Redux uh, data, state management, reactive Redux, a whole bunch of different topics. And there were some things definitely that Dan and Victor kind of agreed with. It was interesting though to see kind of where some I, I wouldn't say differences but where there was kind of like a you know slight different philosophies that where it shows you know I mean there's a number of things about this you know the, the, basically one of the differences or one thing where we talked about was that you know Dan is a big believer in uh, tooling to uh, debug ability, making sure that everything is just, just clarity over you know, even if it's less powerful, even if you have to write more code, um, you know, he's much more interested in that. And even if it's, you know, you have to do things synchronously. Whereas, you know, I think Victor is open to anything, but a lot of the stuff that he's been writing about is more reactive programming, um, and, and some, of the, some of the discussion he was kind of taking that side of things. And you know, with something like RxJS, you know, it's more powerful. Like you can do all these super powerful things with less lines of code. And there is, you know, a strong reason to do that when you kind of understand what's going on. Um, but there are trade-offs like th- this is something that like Victor talked about, like there are trade-offs that like you um, that power potentially comes at the cost of your know, simplicity, like uh, that you sort of have to understand what's going on to some degree and maybe it, the debugging tools aren't quite as good. Um, so this, uh, you know, the, the thing to kind of take out of this, besides like that specific difference, is how you can have two different opinions that are have equal validity, that are both strong and you no know, both people are right. You know, so like you get into this mentality sometimes, you know, especially like React versus Angular, right? You know, who's better? But the reality is, why does someone have to be better? Why can't there just be different? philosophies, different ways of thinking, different things that are better at different um, for different situations. And for sure, I, you know, Victor has has that type of mindset and kind of espouses it all the time. So um, I would encourage, you know, all of you to sort of think along the same lines. Uh, Amy Knight is, uh, was that a panelist for a while on, on Angular Air. She's a panelist on JavaScript Jabber. And there's so many things that I've learned from Amy, but probably the biggest thing is how to kind of reset your perception that at least for me, for sure. And and I think I see this with other people. It's so easy to fall into the trap where you assume that other people think the same way as you. It it happens all the time, both at work, you know, in, you know, political life (laughs) um, or, or politics, all that type of stuff. But the reality is that, People think differently. People have uh, different backgrounds that they come from, and a lot, so many times, both on you know my show, also on JavaScript Jabber, you hear Amy saying, "Well, what about this other perspective? You know, what what about from people who are coming from this other uh, you know way of thinking?" And I find that so useful. Like I've I've, I've started to really take this to heart. To bake into my own thinking, you know, both on the show and, you know, at work to really, and it is something that you have to actively push yourself to do because your natural inclination is to think and assume that people, other people think the way you do. Um, so I, I, I love Amy. She's uh, super smart and uh, appreciate sort of her constantly pushing for people to kind of expand their perception. Patrick, I I mean, he is my uh, compadre, like, uh, so he helps me run uh, Angular Air, he is my co maintainer on Angular Universal. In fact, he really, to be quite honest, uh, does almost all the coding. (laughs) At this point, because I I have grown to be much busier at my day job, uh, I feel like sometimes I'm just a cheerleader watching Patrick crank at code. And um, the interesting thing here, the sort of life lesson is, you know, when you meet Patrick and talk to him, like you, you do definitely get the impression that he's a smart guy right away, uh, no doubt. But I've noticed a number of times where he says something and uh, it, this happens way more often with him in particular, uh, for, for whatever reason, something about his like, like brilliant uh, mind that kind of sees like five steps ahead of uh, other people where he says something and I I frankly don't understand it. Like I I am like, what the F are you talking about? And I, uh, I, I, you know, I, I sometimes joke with him about it and that type of thing. And it's easy sometimes for us to dismiss other people when we don't understand what they're saying. But I've had so many times time and again where either on my own when then like later I'm like looking through code and like it just hits me or further subsequent discussions with him when I realize that thing that he mentioned like weeks, months ago that I was like, holy cow, like you, yeah, you, you said this before, but like now I finally realized what the hell you were talking about. And yeah, that was amazing. Like you were absolutely right. Um, so don't take for granted, um, assume other people put them like in these categories or assume the thoughts they have aren't, you know, valid, you know, always try to drill into it. I mean, it, it gets confusing because, There are some times where Patrick, I I think, does legitimately, like, uh, doesn't have too much sleep and just says something off the cuff. Uh, But the times when, like, I do actively, like, drill back at him and, like, ask him questions and and get into it, um, you can kind of parse that out and and see, make the difference between what is, uh, you know, something that actually you just didn't see at first versus, you know, maybe something that uh, he's got to get more sleep so try definitely try to do that with the people you work with. Uh, drill underneath the just surface level of what they say. I, I, I got to say, I mean, uh, Chuck's had a lot of like great people on JavaScript Jabber, you know, super famous people within the de- developer community. But I, I got to say, I must win the award for having the most famous people outside of the Angular community on my show with uh, Jamie King, who's been an actress in a number of different shows and Kyle Newman, uh, director of Fanboys, director of the Tyler Swift um, video, uh, which I can't remember the name of right now, and a number of other movies. And uh, they were great. We talked; we were talking about uh, Star Wars, actually. Uh, it came out right before the last uh, The Force Awakens. Uh, Kyle is like Star Wars um, fanatic. In fact, his, his movie Fanboys is about fans of Star Wars trying to see, uh, break into George Lucas's home to see Star Wars Episode 1 before it came out. Very funny. Definitely recommend it. But the amazing thing with kyle uh, in particular i mean and and jamie to degree too but but in particular kyle because i i grew up with kyle like i uh lived you know just down the street from him and we played role-playing games together dungeons and dragons uh we read comic books all the time uh did a lot of different things played soccer and the most amazing thing about kyle is as early as i can remember like eight years old he loved movies. He knew like it, there wasn't a doubt in his mind. He wanted to make movies. Um, he thought about it all the time, you know, he, he thought about, and he actually even like did projects back then, like little mini movies with his own like camcorder. Uh, he thought about like endlessly, you know, Star Wars and different, like his own, like star, like mini Star Wars movies. Um, just constantly thought about it, obsessed over it. And then as he got older, it's, not surprising to see that he is now a very successful movie director. It sort of tells me and, and it speaks to me about how when you have a very, very clear picture of the goal, like you you know exactly what you want, you can see it and, and define it in a very specific way, and you have the drive to get there, you can do so many amazing things. I think the thing that a lot of us fall into is that it's hard for us to actually very specifically say what we want. And, uh, you know, at first you might think, no, I I think I do, but really like, think about it to yourself right now. If you, if you were to think, what do you want to, what exactly do you want to be doing in five years from now? What do you want your life to be? I guarantee that almost everyone listening will have a hard time with that question. I have a hard time with that question. It's something that, you you sort of have some ideas about like of little things like maybe I want more money maybe I want to be doing this or whatever, um, but it's hard to get really clear. And, and the thing is, if you can do that though, if you can somehow figure out a way and, and and think about a way to have that very clear picture and conviction to that, you can you increase your chances of getting there. You increase you can do so many more amazing things. So the lesson here is as much as we get buried in the the stuff, the near-term stuff like what we're working on today, especially as software developers, you should pick your head up from time to time, sort of as a matter of discipline, and start thinking about that. Think about what you want in the next five years, the next 10 years, and start building it into your own plan that you're uh, working on today. So that's the end of the presentation. I I do want one final uh, thank you to probably the most important Uh, some of the most important lessons that I've learned with respect to Angular Air is from the original creator of Angular Air. So Kent C. Dodds, not Centipede. That was a somewhat attempt at a a joke uh, because Kent loves to make sure that his middle initial is branded with his name at all times. Um, But he has done so much for the community. And, you know, Whereas myself and and I think a lot of other people involved in open source, you try to do what we can, right? Like we, uh, the people that are involved, even when we're helpful, it's something that like we have our day jobs. We have so many different priorities, and we just try to give as much time as we can. The thing that I've always seen with Kent that's amazing is that he treats his open source work, you know, his work on JavaScript Jabber, which is like his his new show now that he's working on he treats it like his job. Like I, I just see him. It's so clearly like how he has this like very focused approach and methodical approach to everything he does with his work in that world the open source world and and with, uh, you know, his his talks and everything like that. Um, and that's really admirable. Like I, I, I think that it's something that I do aspire to, to have that, that level of, um, just professionalism in both worlds. Like uh, it, it's hard to create that balance, but um, it's something that like it, it, it's almost like this little uh, healthy rivalry, I think, because I see him uh, doing certain things. And, I, and it reminds me that I'm slacking. So I gotta, I gotta pick up the pace. So I appreciate that a lot for everything that he does. And and you should thank him too. So um, thanks a lot to everyone else on the show that I didn't get a chance to mention. And once again, uh, Thank you, Chuck, for having me on.
0: All right. Uh, looks like we have a few minutes for questions if anyone has questions for uh, for Jeff. Um, there was one in here. It said, any schedule for the Angular Air episode about Angular Universal tutorial?
1: Ah, uh, yes. So uh, you can talk about that. So um, if, if you've been watching the Angular Universal repo, you may have noticed that it's been going under a crazy amount of changes lately. It's because with the breaking changes of RC5, although it was like mildly an annoyance for people who are writing apps in A- Angular 2, it was like devastating for <laughs> Angular Universal because the the um, the thing that they broke, that um, the breaking API change and inner, inner library changes was essentially the bulk of what Angular Universal was do- did. So essentially the past two weeks, Patrick and I, mostly Patrick, have been rebuilding all of Angular Universal from the ground up. Um, it's been like a major rewrite, um, so we just uh, have to sort of get past this hump. Which we we are. We, we published um, or Patrick published last night uh, the RC seven um, updates, and uh, you know whenever the uh, main release comes out, we'll be on top of that. Um, but then we'll we'll swing back to things like um, getting making sure the documentation is updated over the course of the next week. And then we will have the show um, probably within a month out. Uh, we'll have the, the tutorial show for Angular Universal.
0: My question is, is when is Adventures in Angular and Angular Air going to do a crossover show?
1: Oh, dude, we totally should. Like uh, old school cartoon style.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, let's plan on that.
0: Definitely. Thank you, Jeff.
1: No problem. Thank you, Chuck.
0: If people want to check out Angular Air, is it just angularair.com?
1: That's right. And you follow me on Twitter, Jeff Welpley. Um, appreciate it. Thanks.